Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. As we're moving into 2022, man, that sounds like a long time from 2000, but (laughs) as we're moving into 2022, I got this word from the Lord and the word was reception. Now that doesn't sound very uh, splashy or even as a creative, it's not the most, I mean, it rhymes with recession, so, you know, it's not the, it's not the most... uh, (laughs) greatest word, um, but I do believe it's important for us that before God begins to take us anywhere or show us things, um, that he prepares us to go there. Very often we are frustrated because we are not where we should be, and where we should be usually is like more of something. If it's more money, if it's more prestige, if it's a better position in our job, or it's a bigger house, or a better car, or it's usually more of something that we're frustrated that we're not at. The hard part is saying, where, what can we actually handle? Very often we're frustrated with God because we're not in a place where we we feel we're not in a promised land quite yet, and we should be there. How come we're not in a promised land, God? And, And the truth is that maybe there is something that has not yet been prepared in our hearts. Maybe there's something about us that still needs preparation. Maybe we need a little more humility so that we don't throw whatever new place we are in the face of those who are still where we left. And I believe that us as a body, God is stripping some things off of us in this time. And although it may feel painful at times, and although it may feel like it's not fun, it is very vital work. And as we glory in these times, Then as he takes us to where he wants to take us, then we'll be ready to receive and handle all that he has for us. Does that make sense? It's as if the children of Israel, it took them 40 years for the mentality of slavery and a mentality of of yearning for what other people had to be stripped away from them whether it was polytheism or being able to see whatever God they were worshiping. And my prayer is that it doesn't take 40 years for us, (laughs) for God to take us where we would like to be. If you think about even a birth of a child, that we prepare our homes, that we start the nesting process, we get everything ready when we understand that a child is on the way, um, we, are, we are forming our hands, we're forming our lives to receive this new life into us. And uh, we are preparing for whatever it may be. The, the process of loving requires giving, but it also requires receiving. We normally as believers are very conscious of the giving part, not so much of the receiving part. 
Like I say, you ever try to buy a Christian a sandwich? It's the hardest thing in the world. Let me get you a sandwich. Oh, no, nah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm not even hungry. I ate yesterday. I'm good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It be the hardest thing to receive because it puts us in a place of humility and it puts us in a place of, of, um, of understanding how much we actually lack. But I believe that God can't get to us the abundance that's coming this year without us positioning ourselves to receive it. So today we're going to talk about the reception 2022, but before you were born, before we even talk about how we get in position to receive the abundance that God has for us, it's understanding how known we are, each and every one of us that God knew us long before we ever came to this earth, long before people began to speak identity over us and tell us exactly who we were and what we're going to accomplish in life and who are we going to be according because of our friends. Long before that, God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed you in a womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was very young to be a prophet. He prophesied in Israel for 40 years before the exile, warning people to turn from their wicked ways. And he was a contemporary of Josiah. They were both in their young 20s, which is God using the zeal of young people to form his people into who he wanted them to be. And as people commonly do, they wrestle back and forth with God, like, I, don't, I know you're calling me to do this, but let me tell you about what I don't have, a la Moses. I'm, I'm a stutterer. You want me to speak? I, you know, this is wrong. I didn't go to school long enough, God. I, my, nobody in my family has ever done anything like this. What are they going to think of me? If I try to achieve more than they ever, where they ever went. And God is saying, before you were ever a physical form, I knew you. This should permanently detach our value and our worth from what we produce. Because he knew us, which means he loved us, before we were ever anything, before we were ever a child. And that is crazy that God knows each one of us and he knows each and every one of the 100,000 hairs on our head. Which if you're redheaded, you have an average of like 80,000. I don't know how that works. But he knows the 100,000 hairs on our head, each number of them. As we were talking about the last series, look up at the stars, Abraham, and imagine all the progeny and all the people who are going to come and be your legacy. It's wild that each one of those stars you were looking at was you and me. Twinkling in the sky as a representation of what his legacy would look like on earth. 
billions and billions of stars, billions and billions of people to know that God knows us. Physically, people normally like to think of God as this big entity hovering over the world, and that is a somewhat accurate depiction at times because we think of Isaiah 66, and it says the earth is the Lord's footstool, an ottoman, you know, like the earth is an ottoman to God. But I like to think of God as being so small that he is integrated into everything. That he is even in the air we breathe, he is in the water we drink. That he animates and gives life to everything on earth. When he sends out his word and says, let there be, he doesn't have to say it over and over again because everything that bees contains his fingerprints. That we were held in the arms of purpose before we ever knew it. And the question is, do we believe that? That God knows us well? To receive what is coming directly from him, do we know that he knows us? Now I know what you're thinking. What would that change? How would that make my life different if I did know? we would understand our importance and our value. And I know that idea can go off the rails sometimes um, where we don't worry about hurting people because it's just all about us and ourselves, but I think there's a place of us understanding that there is a purpose that God can only accomplish on this world through you. You are one of one. He didn't create any more. One of one, that is just as unique as your purpose is. There is someone you will speak to. There is someone that you will bless. There is something that you will give. There is some role that you will play in life that only you can do. You are not replaceable. Like Beyonce says, you're irreplaceable. That's not what she says, but you're irreplaceable. What else would we know if we know we are known by him? That he knew us before we were even formed. Knowing you in that form would make you pretty weak. Would make you pretty helpless knowing that there is a strength even in that moment. And when we feel anxiety and everything is going crazy around us, and we know anxiety can lead to depression, that it can create this distance between us and God, that there is a place of strength. Leaving all that we know in the midst of this chaotic world. And the last thing we would understand is that love has formed us and captured us before the world had a chance to speak on our identity, before anyone gave you a name, 
gave you a family, gave you a location, gave you a societal class level and place, you were formed by the very love of God. And has he as integrated himself into our very being, we were made to love and love each other intensely. Oh, the way God knows us. I remember one time I was on preaching at this church that I uh, went to, and I was talking about my love of fruit. I was talking about how I, not just fruit, I like processed fruit. So, you know what I'm saying? Fruit in a can or uh, applesauce are like my favorite. And um, I don't know why. It's just since I've been a kid, I just really love processed fruit. And so one time this guy, after I said that, it was a couple months or something, so this guy comes and gives me one of the Costco cans of fruit cocktail. If you've seen them things, they're like a coffee table, you know? <laughs> they're like super huge. And, um, and with it, he just gave me a prophetic word about the fruitfulness of life and stuff like that. Uh, and at that moment, you ever receive something and you just feel really known or you feel really seen? That was something that was very simple, but that's the way it, it made me feel. And I think that kind of feeling, when you receive something from someone who really knows you, is the opportunity that we have with God every single day. Every moment we have an opportunity to receive from him that is uniquely formed and fashioned just as we are for us. And it's a beautiful myriad and cornucopia of gifts that we have access to that very often we don't take advantage of. And I'm not here to shame anybody and give you something else to do, I am always here to give you something else to see. How well he knows us. In Matthew 6.31, Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There is one phrase that I can guarantee you does not work in the English language, especially when it comes to me speaking to my wife, and it is, don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you say that. I don't worry anymore. Thanks. <laughs> don't worry. It's going to be all right. It's going to be. <laughs> if he knows us and knew us so long before we were formed, then of course he knows what he needs. Here is this verse resting there right in the Bible directly after the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Yet and still, 
we worry. <laughs> Yet and still, we have concern. Because as long as there is uncertainty, there will be worry. Uncertainty about a new variant. Uncertainty about the weather. Uncertainty about the list goes on and on and on. And how do we create almost a, a kit for when we worry? Is there a verse that we can go to? Is there a person that we can call? Or do we just begin to continue to spiral down the staircase of worry? That what is that place that we go to? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The very essence of our concern is because there is something in a future that we can't see and we can't reach. But what God is saying is focus on him and his presence and that you will have. But that doesn't make sense logically. So that's something that we never do even after he continues to work out things year after year after year. Think of all the stuff that you were worried about the last year that he worked out. And he worked it out in such a way that you're like, dang it, next time I'm not going to worry. <laughs> Things are going to be so different next time that the next time is like, oh, man, we're here again. <laughs> we're here again at the place of anxiety. But guess what? God is not there with judgment. He's there with arms open still. That's where we go to him to find out and to remember that in the midst of our world being topsy-turvy that he is right there with us knowing us. This is how we begin to position ourselves to receive from the Lord. Knowing that he knows what Missio Day Humble Park needs. Knowing that I can be anxious and worry about it all day long and all week long. But he really knows. I talk sometimes and I've shared about my sister passing away. Uh, she was 32. This is in 2016. And it's beginning a time. Anybody who's ever grieving, you don't know if you're making the right decisions. You don't know. Everything just feels wrong. And, you know, the world is upside down in some ways. And this feeling can last for months and months. And... I had taken a job at this place called Sunshine Gospel Ministries, which I swiftly lost because I, had, I was, had that job, I was working at another church, and I was driving Uber, man. I was just all over the place. Um, 
And I was just upset, of course, with God. <laughs> I don't know how, Lord, but I'm pretty sure this is your fault. So I just, uh, you know, I got in a, I went in the garage, I got in a car for a double layer of sound protection, and uh, I just yelled at God. And I cursed at him. Um, and then after I was quiet, he said, you know I've already like answered this, right? Your question about everything feeling topsy-turvy and I knew my job at the church I was at was ending. And then he just brought somebody's name to my mind. And that person was a Missio Day pastor. And that's how I ended up at Missio Day Lincoln Square. And that's how I ended up here. That he even knew and understood that path that I couldn't see. But it was necessary for me to trust him to lead me there in the midst of uncertainty, which can be the most difficult time to trust the Lord, but knowing that he knows me enough to place me exactly where I should be. So this is why he doesn't tell us the whole story all the time. Because sometimes he's waiting for us to really be honest with him about what we desire, about where we are, that he knows us, but he wants to see how well we know us. And sometimes all you got to do is just tell God your location. God, I am frustrated. Oh, good. We're getting somewhere now. Yeah. Because that that's the beginning of communication. A lot of times we just, you know, we have this Christian suffering silently thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to bear under this. Oh, I hate this. This is horrible. Oh. But it's what Jesus wants me to do. Really? Really? I mean, I know he said pick up his cross and follow it, but Jesus went before the cross and after the resurrection. That he was crucified and bore all this for us so that we could have a relationship with God and speak candidly and openly with him. He knows us. Will we really Tell him where we are and who we are. He counts the numbers of the stars and he calls them all by name. So if he counts the stars, and called them all by name, why would he need our help naming animals? Like, why would he need our help to do anything? Because there is a response for us. He is not the Lone Ranger. <laughs> 
He wants us to participate with him. Are we known by him or by him? They sound like the same phrase, just slightly different. That does he know that we belong to him? That he knows us, but do we know, does he know we belong to him? So he, we are known by God, but are we also near God? One of the craziest things that I love about relationship with the Lord is that we get to minister to him. When we're here in our daily lives or here in worship, that we can minister to God. Sometimes in prayer, I will feel the Lord's pain for missing children and exploited children. That's a time for me to begin to pray and minister to God in the midst of it. That he is not some monolithic uh, entity who is, can't feel anything keenly, distinctly feels the injustice that happens on this world. This is why when we respond to injustice based on the Lord's heart, it's a different response than if we're doing it because we want to be right. It's a whole different place when we respond from compassion, the kind of compassion that Jesus felt when he saw people who had suffered with a sickness for 12 years. Or he saw people who were hungry. It's a different response. Jesus-flavored justice looks very different than the justice flavored by this world. That we can be in a place where we respond to injustice on this earth and we are ministering to God. Ministering to the very heart of God and knowing him even more. These are some keys that I feel that are going to come up for us consistently during this series as we begin to year, this year and throughout the year. That th these are keys for us to begin to receive from the Lord. That there is healing, humility, and honor that we allow God to heal the places in us that have been broken. We allow God, and we don't rush through this process. We let him knit together some of these things that have come apart in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of distance, in the midst of hardship and anxiety, and we begin to concentrate and even embrace humility. And we honor everyone. Like I was saying jokingly before, this is how we create a no-judgment zone here. That we don't point out who people ain't, but we point out who they are. that there is a treasure in each and every person if we have the eyes to see it.
God knows, and with our hearts positioned in the right place, we'll be able to see it. So that someone doesn't come in here and we go, oh man, I see all that dirt. Oh, wow. But it's so beautiful that God made the most precious things on earth. You got to go through a lot of dirt to get to them. The things we love to wear and be adorned with, we have to go through a lot of dirt. So may our passion for Jesus and our ministry to him remind him who we belong to. That this world would know. I would always think sometimes about how my heart was divided. (laughs) As a kid, I would go to church on Sunday, and then I would go to school on Monday, and it was like a different world. That it was maybe me not feeling like I'm able to walk in the fullness of who God has called me to be every day of the week. But I think even as we learn to receive and we begin to receive that what happens is we know that this is a family and we walk through life together. Um, But also the gifts that God has for us exist outside of this walls. Dare I say more than it exists here. that the people he wants us to touch and minister to are even more outside of the walls than there are here. So I pray that as we, everything that we begin to receive here, that it's not a holding bank or a holding pattern that we enter into here, but that it is something that goes with us on Monday. It's something that goes with us beyond here. So I just want to pray real quick for us. Father, I thank you that you know us so well. And ultimately, we belong to you. in the midst of all the things that we are fully aware of that we lack. In you, we find the fullness of joy, the fullness of everything that is found in your presence, God. As we head into this year, as we head into this week, I thank you for a continued expectation that goes beyond just Sunday. I know that as we pray and as we anticipate your goodness coming, that even if it seems like something is missing, that we would take even this feeling that we feel on Christmas Eve and let it transform our year. 
that we would expect the goodness and mercy of God with every single step we take. And I'm so thankful for this congregation here, for this community here uh, at Missio Day, Lord God, that you would bless and let your favor rest upon everyone here. Let your favor and grace rest upon everyone that even isn't here at this point, God. And those that are to come in this next year, that you would position us to be those who don't judge, um, who don't create division and separation through cliques, but those who embrace and honor all who enter into this place. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.